challenging men to be great men. Don't just be a male, be a man, a great man. Welcome to the Great Man Podcast with your host, New York Times bestselling author and leader of men, Stephen Mansfield. Gentlemen, let us begin. Great to have you here with me at the Great Man Podcast. I want to tell you that we've just had our Great Man board meeting for this year. And man, I am excited about what is coming. Great things are ahead. I want you to be part of it. Go on to our website, greatman.tv in the upper right-hand corner. Uh, you can click on a how to help us, how to walk with us, how to support us button. And on that next page, you'll, you'll see videos by me. Uh, you'll be able to meet our board members and you'll see what we're going to, going to accomplish. I want you to help us. I want you to walk with us. I want you to support us. Some of you guys even control the benevolent funds for big corporations. Make sure you include great man in it. We're going to do some big things you're going to be hearing about. I am Jazz coming out of our big board meeting in Washington, D.C. All right, let's dive in. I want to talk to you about a lesson I saw beautifully illustrated in a documentary I was watching recently. I was watching a documentary called Return to Space. It's all about Elon Musk's space company called SpaceX. I enjoy watching documentaries, especially ones about leadership and about rising companies and about lessons learned. And in this one, they made a very important point that I think is directly related to manhood. Let me tell you what it is. After the Challenger and Columbia disasters at NASA, you, you know those two experiences, the explosion on the launch pad on the one and the explosion of the spacecraft as was coming back into our atmosphere on the other, um, NASA became very, very cautious. Understandably, they had suffered public humiliations. They'd had failure on with the whole world watching. It had cost lives. It was embarrassing. It was devastating. It was traumatic. And so they became very, very risk averse in their corporate culture. They began to test and double test and triple test and quadruple test everything. They didn't put anything in play. They weren't 100% sure about. They didn't want disasters. They didn't want mistakes. They didn't want massive failures. And as a result, they didn't have any future major failures, but they also capped innovation and began moving at a snail's pace. So it, 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 it kept them, they achieved their goal. They didn't have any other major disasters like those two that I've mentioned, but they also didn't progress very much. They didn't innovate. They didn't do major and exciting things. They became known and they were even criticized on the floor of Congress as being an expensive bore. Now, by contrast, Elon Musk's company, SpaceX, uh, had a different culture. It grew a different culture. And this was largely Elon Musk's doing. Uh, he, it was his money that was being burned up in this company. And in the early days, SpaceX had a lot of failures. They were attempting some big things. They were trying to use uh, reusable rockets. They were trying to use new kinds of fuels and new kinds of technologies. And they failed and they failed a lot. Well, managers and, and, and various department heads, of course, assumed that heads would roll. They assumed there'd be punishment. People would be fired uh, because, you know, again, this, this company's costing billions and it's all Elon Musk's personal money, at least in the early days. 
But that's not what happened. Instead, Elon Musk said, look, you know, we're not going to explore space without innovation, and innovation's risky. We're going to make mistakes. But every mistake can be like getting a PhD. It can be like being, getting an education in the field. We can learn lessons. We can grow through them. So don't strive to make mistakes, of course. That would be absurd. But when we make mistakes, when we have failures, examine them, learn from them, build better and achieve. And so the culture at SpaceX became one in which they strove for perfection, but of course they often fell short because that's what innovation requires and that's what exploration requires. They learned from their mistakes and they began to become more perfect, to quote some of our founding documents. And by becoming more perfect, they were able to achieve their goals. I mean, in this documentary, again, Return to Space is the name, it's on Netflix. Um, in this this documentary, you see explosions, you see misfires from the launch pad, you see them trying to have a, a, some stages of their rockets return. One of their big goals was to have these, these rockets return to landing pads so they could reuse them. It would cut the cost of space exploration down to nothing. They could serve their clients better, etc. cetera. Uh, and, you, and you watch as they try it and they try it and they try it and they try it. And there are explosions and there are failures and there are uh, missing the target and every kind of thing. But eventually, just about the time you think that Elon Musk is going to say, I'm out of the space business, this is too much money, because again, it's coming out of his personal pocket initially, they, they nail it, they get it done. And it's exciting to watch. So you have two cultures that arise. NASA, very risk adverse, understandably so. Lives have been lost, major public embarrassing failures. Um, but they maybe overdid it. They were, they were too cautious. They moved too much at a snail's pace. Uh, they became dull. They became non-innovative. They, uh, they, they became no longer the exciting, uh, you know, let's go to the outer bounds of space kind of thing from the 60s and the 70s. Instead, SpaceX, by embracing their failures when they had to, learning from them and rising, letting failure be a fuel of success, they... Now, by the way, are the company that takes America's astronauts, America's goods and technology to the International Space Station. And now they're talking about a colony on the moon and, and, and perhaps a city on Mars and things of that nature. Now, because of the breakthroughs of SpaceX, which NASA acknowledges and celebrates, uh, these things are back in the conversation. And of course, there are other companies uh, that are also rising as well. But but right now, we're just going to focus on SpaceX. Well, my point here is not to give a leadership motivational talk. My point here is to say that when you attempt something daring, when you attempt something new, when you attempt something that's not been done before, even just in your own life, there will be failures. There will be mistakes. And this is particularly true when it comes to the great project of noble manhood. Many of you listening to this have, uh, have decided that you want to be good men. You want to be great men. You want to be righteous men. Uh, you, you want to be all that you're meant to be uh, for your God, for yourself, for your, for your people, for your wife, for your children. You want to be the man you're made to be. 
You, you want to be fully engaged. You, you, you want to be healed and whole and rise and live according to a code and live with a band of brothers and, and, and become fully alive as a man as you were designed to be. Fantastic. But you will fail from time to time. You will make mistakes. And I want you not to be too much of a perfectionist, someone who's got to have perfection or they can't perform. Uh, You know, one of the best definitions of procrastination that I've ever heard, procrastination is the big boy word for people who just put off their work and never get things done. The best description I've ever heard is that a procrastinator is a perfectionist who can't organize their work, who can't get their work figured out so they can get it done. In other words, if they can't do it perfectly, they won't do it at all. And so the thing never gets done. So the yard never gets mowed, the house never gets painted, the job never gets done, the innovation in the company never happens, we never lose weight, etc., because we won't do anything we can't do perfectly. Well, that's just stagnation. That's just ridiculous. And and I could I could do an entire podcast that would have you howling about the mistakes men have made when they were living poorly, living less than they were made for. Uh, and then they decided, you know what, I'm going to be the man I was made to be. And I'm going to be it for, for again, for my God, myself, uh, for my family. I'm going I'm to be a good man. And they made mistakes. Let me just give you one uh, semi-funny but sort of tragic example. Uh, I've told the story in public a number of times of, of a very simple thing that I do. Uh, in, in loving and serving Bev. It came from my father. You may recall, or maybe you've read, that my father, once when I was a little boy, he always got my mother's door. He always opened the door for my mother. But when I was maybe six or seven, he turned to me suddenly and said, Stephen, would you get your mother's door for me, please? Well, those words really stuck in my heart. Would you get your mother's door for me? It was a commission for him, please. So, Stephen, I want you now, he was saying, to join me in caring for your mother. This is what was embedded in my soul and open her door. You and I are going to do this together, basically, is what he was saying. I was an only child at the time. So I opened my mother's door. My mother was young and athletic and a tennis player and, and well able to get her own door. But that wasn't the point. The point was, this is what men do. And my father's a code of chivalry, and he was enlisting me in the cause. Well, so I open the door for Bev every time I can. Every time I can. I mean, I'm not ridiculous about it. You know, sometimes we're, you know, in a situation where it's better for her just to grab her own door. But we walk out to the car. I open the door. I've opened it thousands and thousands of times for her. This ain't some big accomplishment on my part. It's just something I do. It tells her I love her. It cares for her. I'm there guarding a little bit. I make sure she's she's in the door. I close it. And then I go around and get it on my side. It's just part of the habits and the disciplines that I believe a man ought to build into his life. And it means something to her. And I'm glad that it does. Now, all that I'm saying is I've told that story a number of times when it was appropriate. So uh, a young man may be in his late 20s, wanted to do the same. And he began to close the door to get the door for his wife. Well, I probably should have been more careful in my explanation of what I do, because when you're going to get your wife's door, when you're going to open it for her and then close it, you've got to look very carefully through the window as you're standing there holding the door or around the door to make sure she's all the way in your vehicle. So, 
uh, this guy didn't do that. He was so excited. Uh, he wanted to, he was trying, he was trying to fix some things that he'd broken in his relationship with his wife. And so he, he started getting her door. She was very moved by the whole thing. But early on, I guess because Stephen Mansfield didn't fully explain how this has to be done, he shut the door. He slammed the door on her foot. <laughs> So year later, I'm watching this video from these two people and, uh, and he's saying, I was trying, Stephen, I was trying. And she's kind of laughing, but she's got her foot wrapped up because he crushed her foot. He's a big guy. And he closed the door on his wife's foot and broke it. And so she was in a cast man. But still though, still, this is what I want you to hear. Still, uh, she so appreciated his efforts. Here, there she was in a cast. They were laughing. Uh, she had a very painful time, of course, had to go to physical therapy, had to get be able to walk again you know, on that foot and all that kind of thing. It's all fixed now. But she was so appreciative. Well, it was a, it was a mistake. In fact, it was a pretty massive failure. You, know, you shouldn't, shouldn't almost kill your wife when you're opening the door for her. And the, the guy should have figured out you can't close the car door or the truck door, whatever he was closing, I don't remember, um, on, her, on her foot and, and hurt her. Uh, in fact, you have to be watching just to make sure that her dress or her scarf or her coat or whatever aren't hanging out of the door and you're not dragging it in the mud. So, you know, I'm not going to do a, a mini seminar on how to get the door for your wife. Uh, but I but I am going to say that that this this was a failure. This was initially a failure. Well, what happened? He learned. He grew. In fact, the process of going through it and him caring for her even more deeply uh, with her broken foot and her understanding he was trying and seeing how hard he was trying and seeing how badly he felt, it was a healing thing for them. They have a better marriage than ever. He still gets the door. Now he's got uh, early teenage and older, uh, younger sons, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13. Uh, they get the door for their mom. It's become part of their culture. It's not the only thing that goes on, but uh, in, in terms of this kind of serving of mom and caring for people within the family, but it's part of it. And, and, and this failure learned from, studied, and, uh, and him having worked hard to overcome it became a major source of healing in their family. Well, this is how it works. You will mess up. You will do things you wish you hadn't done. Your kids will go, dad, you're just so, so goofy, you know, and you're trying to relate to them. You're trying to talk to them or you're trying to break into your son's life. And especially if you're coming at it new, you know, he rejects it or you mention the wrong thing or you tease a little bit and you blow it. You know, we all make mistakes at every level. Uh, no matter how advanced in years we are, no matter how long we've been pursuing noble and great manhood. So what I, what I want to say to you from all these illustrations is don't be a perfectionist. You're gonna make mistakes. You're gonna buy the gift that wasn't what she wanted. You're gonna say the wrong thing. When you're first learning to date your wife, I'm just gonna continue to use the wife as an example. Or when you're first learning how to deal with your band of brothers. Or when you're first trying to, even with yourself, the goals you set, the things you try to accomplish, the new skills you try to require, you're gonna mess up. And that's all right. The issue is not that you mess up. Thank God you were trying so there was something you could mess up. The issue is, will you take a step back? Be humble. Don't get frustrated. Don't get ticked off. Don't, don't get upset at a little bit of teasing from whoever you, you know, is standing around watching your band of brothers, your non-band of brothers, other people, your wife, whatever. And learn. What did I do wrong? What do I need to learn? Why, 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 
Why was this guy, for example, he later said this to me, why was I so eager to close the door? Because he liked the pop of the door. I've got the wife in the car, and now I'm going to close the door. He didn't make sure, of course, that she was all the way in, and he ended up hurting her. Well, the point is that you learn. He got insight into his soul. He got insight into his wife. She got insight into him. They were able to pass the lessons on to the next generation. Now this family is thriving, not just because of this, but because this was just the representative of their major attitudes towards each other and his willingness to learn. So don't be immobilized by needing to be perfect. The perfect is the enemy of progress. You're not going to be perfect. Nobody's body is perfect. Nobody's finances are perfect. Nobody's loving of their spouse or loving of of their children or or dealing with their band of brothers or what have you is perfect without flaw, completely ideal, never going to happen. So pursue, be aggressive, go for it. You'll learn, you'll grow. The issue is to create a culture in your life in which you look at at, at failure. The problem is, especially if we've had a, maybe a harsh father or no father, or we've had people around us who were harsh in their criticism of us, often we're so insecure that looking at a failure or a mistake is just overwhelmingly painful. What you got to do is get healed up a little bit, get calmed down, get some people you trust and go, now, why did I screw up? What was going on in my soul when I screwed up? What, that, what was I thinking that caused me to fail? And how can I change that, think, that thinking so that I won't fail? And then enlist some help, call in reinforcements, and overcome it. You want to be SpaceX on this issue, not NASA. I'm not putting down NASA. I've got a lot of friends at NASA. I'm just saying that they're emerging from an overly cautious, overly risk-averse culture that's made them a bit dull and that has actually had to cause them to have to rely on private companies to get the job done. Now, that's probably the future anyway, to be honest, but, but SpaceX passed up everybody, including NASA, in large part, yes, there was good money behind it, um, but they could have easily burned through all that money and been a failure and been a, been a colossal you know, tale of failure. But because they created a culture, largely Elon Musk's doing, in which they valued failure when it happened, consumed it, and used it as fuel to rise and achieve greatness. And you can too. I suggest you keep lists of your failures on a daily basis. I suggest that you look at why it might be just unbelievably painful to even consider that you failed at something or might make a mistake. No athlete can perform. No person can achieve in business. No person can love well if they're just immobilized or terrorized by the possibility they might screw up. You're going to screw up. Things are going to happen. It's fine. You're going to blow some money before you make some money. You're going to do stupid stuff with your body before you get your body in shape. It's just the way life is. So don't welcome failure. Don't welcome mistakes. They'll come automatically. But examine them. Learn from them. Build the lessons into your life and get help doing it. Because this is one of the great arts of great manhood. To join the Great Man Movement or to book Stephen to speak at your men's event, go to greatman.tv. You'll learn about Stephen Mansfield's three essential books for men, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, Building Your Band of Brothers, and Men on Fire, as well as some other great resources for helping you become the great man you are made to be.
The Great Man Podcast is a Mansfield Group production. 